Yeah, go get ready. Come on. Go get your shoes. Come on. Go put your vest on. Come on. Come on. As a matter of fact, go get all your stuff. Come on! That's right. What you saying? This ain't worked out. You better go get your head. Come on! And here's the reason He saw me up there all alone So for my sin he did atone He purchased me, I'm not my own I want to please him Hello out there in Radio World I want to welcome you again To our new program On Faith Street with Derek Steele And I am he And we're so glad to have you with us today. We are excited to present a very special program today. Today we're we're digging deep into our archives and we're bringing to you a special uh, message from my own father, the Dr. Reverend C.K. Steele, former pastor of Bethel Missionary Baptist Church here in Tallahassee. I do believe that you're going to be blessed by this message, and it's our joy to be able to bring it to you. Many people have heard of my father, but have never heard him actually minister the word. And so we are just uh, just delighted to be able to bring this to you today. I want to thank our sponsors right now for supporting us on Faith Street, the Dream Foundation and Mr. Michael Dobson and uh, Sonny Beasley and all those uh, in that camp. Also, Dr. Joseph Camps of the Advanced Urological Institute, as well as Pastor Avery McKnight and Powerhouse Church of God by Faith. Want to thank Mr. Scott Thornton and Apogee Signs, as well as Bishop Michael Moore and the Powerhouse Church of God in Christ. And I want to thank my good friend, Miss Gail Milan, who's been such a great supporter of ours, as well as Mr. Charlie Elder, who goes way back with us, uh, who has supported us even back at this village. He and his wonderful wife, Joni. Uh, we just want to thank all of you all. And one more sponsor I'd like to mention today is uh Mr. Tyrone Davis of Direct Auto Exchange. We're so thankful for him and his his uh, sponsorship and partnership with us and the many wonderful things he does in the community. Now we want to present to you a message by my father. It's titled, How Shall We Escape? It was delivered on March 9th, 1980, the year of his death. We pray that you are blessed by this. Please turn to the epistle to the Hebrews. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him, 
God also bearing them witness, both with signs, wonders, and miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. according to his own life. Yeah. And the very last verse of that chapter reads, For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to help them that are tempted. How shall we escape if we neglect? The first effort in this little series on Hebrews opened with the great sweeping and far-reaching statement that God who at sundry times and in diverse manner hath spoken unto our fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken in his son. Here we're told that God has not been silent, but that God has spoken. That God has always taken the initiative in beginning and continuing fellowship with man. God has never stood off and waited on man to come. God has never stood off and waited for man to call on him. But God has come to man. Regardless of how sinful he has been and has called him, called him with love, called him with tenderness, called him with great, grave and eternal concern. God hath spoken, first through his prophets, priests, patriots, and others, and seers. But in these last days, he hath spoken in his son. And so the author begins the second chapter by saying, uh, that we must or should give heed. For the chapter opens by saying, therefore, which says on the account of, that is on account of the exalted dignity and rank of the Messiah as stated in the previous chapter. Since Christ the author of the new dispensation is so far exalted above prophets, angels, or other spokesmen, we ought to give the more earnest heed to all that has been spoken. We ought. It is fit 
are proper that we take heed, to give the more earnest heed, the more strict attention to the things we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. We may fail to recognize, and often we do, the importance of what has been said until it's too late and the opportunity has passed. I repeat, we may fail to recognize the importance of the truths revealed and before we see their importance, they're gone. They've slipped by. I expect there are those of us here now who can look back over our lives and see where something was given to us. A door was opened to us information and instruction and direction was given to us and we did not take heed we did not listen and way up the road we look back and discover we've let them slip and it's too late here is one of the tragedies of nearly every life Somewhere, somewhere all of us have let something slip. And so the author says that we ought to take <coughs> more earnest heed. We ought to pay strict attention. We ought to give all of our consideration to the things we've heard from Christ, from God, from the Bible, lest they slip. I could mention education. How many young people are there who had an opportunity to get an education? But they didn't see it until way up the road they got in the position where it was difficult to go to school, almost impossible. And with great remorse and regret, they look back and discover here was an opportunity that has slipped. It's gone now. On we might go with home and health and friendship and prayer and habits. We ought to give the more earnest heed. We let the time pass or slip away because we put off for some other time. Youth puts off to manhood, manhood to old age, and old age to death. And then the whole life has glided away and the soul is not saved. Oh, how tragic it is. For to see people with opportunities and privileges and gifts and talents 
uh, let the eternal word of God slip from them and they are lost. The truths of religion will not benefit us unless we give heed to them. That Jesus has spoken words of life to us will not help us unless we give heed to them. Books will not benefit us unless we read them and take heed. Medicine will not help you unless you take it according to prescription. Food will not strengthen your body unless you eat it. The Christ of Calvary will not save us unless we take heed and accept it. He comes this morning to somebody. He comes knocking at somebody's life's door, saying, open to me. I'll come in and sup with you. I'll come in and bless you. I'll come in and bring peace and joy and victory to your life if you'll open the door, if you'll take heed to my gentle wrath. If you listen to my call, yeah. if you'll answer my invitation, yeah. I'll bless you right now. So he comes to somebody now. At this very hour, at this very moment, he speaks to somebody's soul, somebody's life. There's enough truth to save the world. But the world, to a large extent, disregards and despises it. It does not take great sins to destroy the soul. Simple neglect will do it. Lest at any time we should let them slip, let them glide by, and they're gone. How shall we escape? If we neglect so great a salvation. The word neglect is a tragic and awful word. I had a friend, friend of my dad rather, I remember it because I was a little boy, who had a throat ailment and he refused to have it looked at. He went on and on and on and on. And when he was finally forced to see the doctor, it was too late. He had neglected to see about it because the growth had grown in such a place and proportion that to operate on it 50 years ago meant death. Simple neglect. And I think of a young man now, and to think of him almost always brings me to tears. 
I was in probably the greatest revival I've ever run in my life. Some 75 people were saved. The church was filled at six o'clock. They were standing all around the walls and sitting wherever they could find a space. Amen. And people were coming to Christ. People were coming in the church. But there was one young man there who had had a smattering of college. He came up one night for prayer. The second night he wouldn't move. The third night he wouldn't move. And I knew the spirit was pleading with him and talking to him. And Thursday night, and I'm closing Friday, I saw him standing in the back of the church. He did not move. And that night I went home and went to bed and I saw that boy's face before me all night long that night moving like that. And can, I, can you not imagine how I felt the next night as I stood up to declare the word of God between the living and the dead. And I did. Did the best I could. I pled, we sang, I preached. I persuaded, I talked, but he did not move. And that revival closed and he was out of the church. And in less than three weeks after I returned home, Mama wrote me and said, the young man, do you remember that you talked about, was killed in the mines the other day. And they say he was crying and pleading to God on his way to the hospital. Ah, this matter of neglect is so vitally important. Tragic neglect. Neglect and putting off for tomorrow what you ought to do today. Procrastination is not only the theft of time, but he is the theft of human souls. I suspect that if we could make a quick visit to hell and talk to the people who'll be there, that nearly all of them would tell you I intended to do better. I was just waiting for such and such a thing to happen and neglect procrastination, not my sins, not the awfulness of what I've done, but I just neglected the salvation that God proffers. More evil is done and more injury is sustained through neglect than from almost any other cause. Signs of neglect. And sometimes my heart is burdened as I declare the word of God here. And I see signs of neglect. 
And they are dullness, indifference, listlessness, heedlessness, signs of neglect, signs that what God has said is not important in my estimation. But have not you come here to see what God has to say this morning? Have not I come before you to have God speak to you and your soul today? How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? It is said that in the palace of Versailles is a statue of the great Napoleon in exile. His noble brow is lowered in thought. His mouth is compressed, his chin is resting upon his breast, and his eyes gaze into space as if fixed on some distant scene. There's something inexpressibly sad in that strong, pale face. It is said that the sculptor represented Napoleon at St. Helena just before his death. He is looking back at uh, St. Helena and what happened there and what happened at Waterloo. He was looking back on the field of Waterloo and thinking how fatal issue was the result of three hours delay. Those three short hours seemed ever to write on the souls and walls of his heart. The summer is ended. The harvest is past, and it's too late. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? For there's no other way to be saved. The provisions that Jesus has given, the provisions that the Master has provided, are the only provisions under the sun for the salvation of men and women. How shall we escape? Money will not do it. Wealth will not do it. Possessions will not do it. They cannot, they cannot help us escape the guilt, the penalty, and the death of sin. Education, I repeat, cannot redeem us. A good moral life will not redeem us. A good, no matter how good you are, no matter how good you think you are, you cannot be good enough to be redeemed from your sins. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. There is no other name given under the heaven whereby men may be saved other than the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Master. Only Jesus. Jesus who is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and forevermore. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation. I, I read uh, the other week 
uh, where there, in a certain auditorium, they had one door that was never used. But one day fire broke out and the other doors were jammed and they tried to get out that door. But it had not been used. It wouldn't open. It was too late. And bodies were piled up there on top of each other. Here was a door that had fastened itself by neglect. Oh, how many doors will lock themselves in your face by your neglect of them? How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? How? How? What will we do if we continue to neglect? I suppose one of the pains of pastoring a church is to see so many people in it who take their religion so lightly. Take that Christian faith as if it was nothing. Almost anything is more important in a great number of people's lives than their Christian faith. God holds man accountable for his word. The word from angels, the word from Moses, the word from prophets and seers of the past was held steadfast. Time would fail me to go back and point up the times in the history of the children of Israel and the making of the Hebrew people, the times when God's word prevailed. The times when God spoke and man did not listen and he went down to doom and hell and wreck and ruin. The word from prophets, imperfect prophets, the word from angels under God prevailed. Judgment came. But I'm talking not about word, the word from prophets, not even angels, but we have the divine. Oh, praise the Lord. The living the loving, the eternal word from the heart of God. First spoken in his son. Then to and through the Lord's followers, this word was confirmed by signs and wonders and miracles, this word. I talked about that last Sunday, those three things. God gave man dominion over the works of his hands. Man by disobedience lost this dominion and Jesus our Christ has picked it up. All things not, all things says the scripture has been placed under him 
our master and our Christ. They are not all under him yet, but they will be. For we see Jesus. Yes! Amidst the wreckage of time and waste, we see Jesus. In a world of war and woe, we see Jesus. When kings and princes rise and fall, we see Jesus. When great nations are born and grow to maturity and crumble and fall back to mother dust, we see Jesus. When friends and loved ones forsake us and go to their long home, we see Jesus. No matter what happens, when the smoke clears and clouds are lifted, we see Jesus. When our help we can't regain, the old body can afford us a home no longer. We see Jesus. Oh yes. All kinds of efforts have been put forth to get rid of Jesus. But we still see Jesus. They decided they would erase his name from the memory of people in the pages of history. Somebody said, if we destroy their buildings and kill their bishops, and uh, we will get rid of this man, Jesus. They killed bishops. They burnt books. They destroyed buildings. But the more damage they did, the more clearly was Jesus seen. We still see Jesus. Will you come? Young man, won't you come? Young woman, won't you come? Little boy, little girl, will you make it up in your mind now? I'll no longer procrastinate. I'll no longer neglect. I'll turn to him right now. Now is the time. Oh, I thank God so much that a long time ago, I gave my life to him. I like that hymn that says, I heard the voice of Jesus saying, Come unto me and rest. Lay down. Thy weary one lay down. Thy head upon my breast. Then I came. I came to Jesus as I was. Wounded, wounded set, and I found in him a resting place, and he has made me glad. Will you come, my brother? Will you come right now? Will you get in the church now? Will you answer the Lord's call right now? Now is the time. Don't wait for tomorrow. Get up right now. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. All praise his holy name. How shall we escape? What a wonderful message. Uh, very memorable message from my father that, that has impacted my life and uh, always stirs my soul. When I think of that great word he uses that 
terrible word, neglect, and how we need to not neglect the most important things and even some of the smallest things which deem to be important in our lives at times. Uh, I'm so thankful uh, for this message, and I pray that you were blessed by it. And as we close, we want to let you know that we'll be right here again next week. Next week, we're going to have a very special guest join us, uh, my very own pastor, Reverend Dr. Richard Ledford of Restoration Place Church. And you don't want to miss this program as we continue next week discussing various aspects of the faith life. So join us right here on Faith Street. I want to thank our sponsors right now for supporting us on Faith Street, the Dream Foundation and Mr. Michael Dobson and uh, Sonny Beasley and all those uh, in that camp. Also, Dr. Joseph Camps of the Advanced Urological Institute, as well as Pastor Avery McKnight and Powerhouse Church of God by Faith. I want to thank Mr. Scott Thornton and Apogee Signs, as well as Bishop Michael Moore and the Powerhouse Church of God in Christ. And I want to thank my good friend, Miss Gail Milan, who's been such a great supporter of ours as well as Mr. Charlie Elder, who goes way back with us, uh, who has supported us even back at this village, he and his wonderful wife, Joni. Uh, we just want to thank all of you all. And one more sponsor I'd like to mention today is uh, Mr. Tyrone Davis of Direct Auto Exchange. We're so thankful for him and his, spon his uh, sponsorship and partnership with us and the many wonderful things he does in the community. As we close, please remember... 1 John 5, 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. This is Derek Steele saying, Don't stress, be blessed. See you next week on Faith Street. You believe my God.